Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the CBS community, Kyle of Summerton in Philadelphia. A lovely, slightly damp Tuesday morning. We continue here with Derech Hashem. We are still towards the beginning of the Sefer. Still in the first parak, still in the first section, but up to the third paragraph. Now, Chal in the first section is going through the basic tenets, the basic axioms, the basic definitions that go into defining and understanding Hashem. And as we have said and seen, this is a very structured safer, a very um, logically ordered safer that works in terms of building blocks. The Ramchal starts with his building blocks, his basic principles, and from there he constructs layer upon layer upon layer to demonstrate how the entire universe is really just a product of who Hashem is and what Hashem is and how Hashem operates. So we're at the very beginning still, at the, the, the basics and the building blocks, and those building blocks are assembling for our uh, ourselves of here and basic knowledge of what Hashem is. So, so far we've seen two basic points in defining Hashem. <clears throat> two basic points. One is that Hashem, one is Hashem's eternality slash origin of everything. That was principle number one, definition number one. Hashem always will be, always was. Hashem has no beginning, has, Hashem has no end, nothing created Hashem. And that means Hashem is the creator of everything. Hashem created everything that is in creation. Second principle that we saw is that Hashem is unknowable. We can't really know Hashem. We can't understand Hashem. We can't um, even begin to understand or fathom what Hashem is. And the only thing that we know about Hashem is that um, Hashem is perfect, complete, flawless, and it's impossible for Hashem to be flawed. Impossible for Hashem to be lacking anything. Impossible for Hashem to have challenges, things that He can't do, places where He could improve. Impossible for Hashem to be able to be better than anything. That's the only thing we do know. Otherwise, it's it's a total total blackout. It's even more than a blackout. It's a total brain freeze. It's beyond our brains, beyond our comprehension to really gr- grasp the true nature of Hashem. But, but Rabbi Yisai, as we pointed out last week, only the first principle, Zeram Chal says, you have to believe this and know this when we're talking about Hashem's eternality. The second one, when, when we say Hashem is unknowable, Zeram Chal doesn't say Yamin Vieda. He says you have to know that Hashem is unknowable. And we explained last week that Yamin, when the Ramchal uses the Lushan of you have to believe, means it's something that's really outside of our comprehension, outside of our frame of reference. And and that's why the Ramchal uses specifically the, 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 by the first, because Ramesh himself revealed to us, Ramesh has a hard time understanding something that always was and wasn't didn't come from anywhere. And that's exactly why the Ramchal says Yamin, because we all have a hard time with that. We can't understand that. That's outside of our frame of, we have no frame of reference for that. So how come then the Ramchal tells us the second principle of Hashem, which says as we speak this out last week, let's speak it out now. Why is the Ramchal also say Yamin? We have to believe it. The Ramchal says that Hashem is unknowable, unfathomable. Hashem's true essence is not something we can put a name on, can't put a label on it, can't put a tag on it. These things like Midas HaChesed, Midas HaRachemim, Midas HaDin, Malchus, all these things are, are just interfaces and constructs that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created. We can't really understand Hashem, so why don't we say Yamin as well over here in the second one? The answer is very simple answer. We don't know anything about Hashem's true essence. We can't understand anything about what Hashem really is. But we can understand that there's things that we don't understand. And the basic principle just is that you can't understand Hashem. So you don't need a Yamin over there. You just need a Yeda. Beautiful. Now we gave Mishalom, I think, last week. We said, you know, you don't always understand the, um, you know, the, 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 the plan of the guy in charge. You understand, you know, 
Certainly a, a child can't get in, inside his father's head. He doesn't know what his father's plans are. doesn't know what his, you know, the, 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 you, you work on the very uh, entry-level job for a company. You know, you don't know what the CEO's vision for the company is. You have no idea how this company is going to deal with this crisis, with it. With the, with the uh, supply chain issues and with um, employment issues, lack of work, what? Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, Baruch Hashem. So uh, how are you going to deal with uh, how are you going to deal with uh, you know lack of lack of um, uh, the workforce manpower? I don't know. I'm just the guy. I go pick up lunch for everybody, right? I'm the guy who's in charge of, of turning on the lights in the morning and. And and and, and uh, switching off the air conditioner at night. You know, I have no idea what's going on inside the CEO's head, but I, I I know that there's things that I don't know. I understand that there's things that I don't understand. I comprehend there's things that I can't comprehend. I have no experience. I don't know how to run a company. I don't know the first thing about running a company. I don't know how to run a country. I know the first thing about running a country. But I know that there's things that I don't know. So that's why we don't say yamin on the second one. We say yeda because we're capable of understanding the things that are beyond the comprehension. But that's a very hush of a point. And this is this is a, this is a basic in Yiddishkeit. Understanding that, these, that there are things that we can't understand, comprehending things that are beyond our comprehension. This is mamish from the basic of the animamis. We, we talked recently about the scientific method, scientific approach to life. They came up in Derech Hashem. They came at, uh, up somewhere outside Derech Hashem. Came up recently. Scientific approach to uh, thought and, and 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 knowledge as opposed to the Jewish approach. They come up. Came up recently. If it was in Derech Hashem, it might have been the introduction. But but the, the scientific method goes totally. The Ramchal in, in the second principle is really by the fact that he says Yeda, not Yamin. He is he is taking on the scientific approach to to uh, knowledge, to analysis, to to, to, to learning to life. As opposed to the the, the Jewish approach, which Derech Hashem is establishing over here, he's staying away from philosophy. We see doesn't want to get into philosophy. This is a yeda, not a yamin. I mean, we're fully capable of knowing that we can't know everything. As opposed to the pure, the, 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 the classic, um, pure scientific approach, which is, there's nothing that we can't understand. There's just things that we don't understand yet. There's things that we don't understand yet. There's nothing that we don't understand because their worldview, their definition of the universe is defined by the limitations and, and, and the fallibility of human knowledge and human understanding. The limitations of my understanding, that caps a limitation on, on reality. So it, it, if I can understand it, it exists. If I can't understand it, it doesn't exist and it's irrelevant. So things like God, spirituality, human mind is not capable of grasping that. It's irrelevant. It doesn't exist. Obviously, obviously it can't exist because I can't understand it. I can't explain it. I can't smell it. I can't see it under, under, under a microscope. must be it doesn't exist. That's the, the pure scientific approach and outlook. And the Ramchal is telling us, no, we are capable of grasping and comprehending the other things that we can't comprehend. That's why you don't need a moon over here. Yedi alone is enough. Very gishmak. Okay, very good. So that's the first and second principle. And now we move on to the third. And again, as we've seen, the Ramchal in Derech Hashem wants to give us a muna. He wants to give us an approach to the basics of belief and faith in who God is and how God runs the world. He wants to give us sophisticated amunah. He wants to give us the sugyas. He wants to give us the topics, everything worked out. We have all the details. We have everything clear and structured and organized, categorized, so we understand it clearly for ourselves and we can get it over with clarity and accuracy for others. So, Gimel. Here's the third principle. 
in defining Hashem. This entity, which is Hashem, Hashem's existence is a necessary existence. It's impossible for Hashem to not exist. Hashem can't not exist. You got that? You had enough coffee yet this morning to get that one? You got that, Arthur? Hashem cannot not exist. Let's see quickly back to back the fourth one. The next point in defining what Hashem is, is Hashem's existence is independent of any other existence. Hashem is not dependent on anything else for His existence. Hashem's existence is an independent, self-contained, and, and, um, Self-contained, and, uh, uh, what's the word, Rabbi, so it's the term. Self-contained, independent, self-sufficient, self-sufficient, self-contained, independent existence. So we're putting number three and number four together. You see the Ramchal also kind of lets them blend and blur one into the other. Hashem can't not exist, and this existence of Hashem that can't not exist is independent of any other existence. It's not that Hashem needs uh, is dependent on anything else that's outside of him. But uh, aren't both of them interdependent? There is this from the first one that says that Hashem always was, always is, always will be. Everything, everything derives. So we see how 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 uh, very good, excellent question. So let's let's go through this. We see how they definitely um, connect back with. And 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 uh, are you know directly flow logically from the first one, but the Ramchal, excuse me, is still making them to separate, distinct definitions. We could have understood that Hashem has always been around and always will be around, but Hashem could choose at one point just to disappear. How? Hashem just decides not to. How? Because the first statement is always will be. Right. That statement contradicts the Hashem decides. Not to be around. If, if he always will be, that nullifies the. So, the so same. if we only have the first one on its own, when we say Hashem always will exist, what we possibly might be saying is that that's Hashem's rutzen, Hashem's will is that he always will exist. But Hashem could perhaps not exist. Also, Hashem could will himself to not exist. Hashem could leave. Could leave this universe could leave, go somewhere else, I don't know, right? But There's room to argue that within the first one. Hashem always will exist, but will He necessarily always exist? So number three is coming in and saying Hashem necessarily will exist. Another way of saying number three, okay, I know it's a little early in the morning over here. We have a full carafe of coffee. Another way of saying number three, Rabbi say, is even if Hashem would decide to not exist, Hashem can't decide to not exist, Hashem can't will Himself into... Non-existence. It's impossible. Impossible. So we were makabal all this at Harsinai. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov knew this. They got this through a divine revelation, through their examination of the universe, and through proofs, and then they got this revelation, and all of Kleisel saw this Harsinai, and they gave it over to us, and eventually Ramchal also received this, and he's giving it over to us.
Very good. So Moshe is bringing quantum physics to this. Excellent. He's, he, well, he, I think he's coming to answer Yisrael's question, how three, three and four are not simple derivatives at first, because if they would be, Ramchal is structuring this logically. If they would be pure derivatives, then they wouldn't be number three and number four. They would just be derivatives of number one. So I, what I believe what Moshe is saying is that, you know, again, we said number one, Hashem always will be, but maybe that's because Hashem is dependent on the observable, the observers, the like quantum quantum uh, physics, right? That the universe is only only exists because there's someone to observe the universe. That's what Ramesh was saying, I believe, right? That's right. That's yeah. what you're saying. It's a nice idea. So, so Hashem always exists because it will always be an observer within the universe to exist to, to, to observe the Ramesh. Hashem hmm. Exactly. So maybe I would have thought that. It says three and four back to back are saying not like that. Three, first of all, says Hashem can't not exist. Hashem can't decide that he's not going to exist. Hashem can't disappear. Hashem can't, you know, spin around and take himself out of this existence. Hashem can't do And number four is Hashem is not dependent on anyone else. Look how the Ramchal anticipated the basic notions of quantum mechanics, quantum physics, you know, 500 years ahead of his time. Hashem is not dependent on anyone else. Hashem doesn't need an observer. Hashem, that's what he's saying. Hashem does not need an observer. Hashem's independent. Hashem's necessary existence does not need the Ramchal to be writing about Hashem in order to be Hashem. Hashem can't not exist. Now, on the one hand, we would think that that may be contradicts number two. Number two is Hashem is perfect, it's flawless. There's nothing that Hashem can't do, right? So, how can you tell me that Hashem can't exist? It means Hashem can't decide to not exist. Yes, I know, yeah, correct. Hashem can't decide to not exist. But that Viter only enhances Hashem's perfection, only enhances Hashem's flawlessness, and becomes a tenet and a definition in of itself that Hashem is incapable of not existing. Incapable of not existing. Hashem can't not exist. Let's take a step back. So now we have four basic definitions. Hashem, there's two more. There's two more that are yet to come. But in the four basic definitions, a common theme that we see going through all of this, and it's going to be very, very, very important, because there's one, one by the time we get to all the six, there's going to be one basic one that's, that's going to be missing from the list. Um... Let's leave that on the side burner for the time being. But we see again and again and again, every single definition that we have of Hashem is something that makes a very clear line of demarcation and distinction between Hashem the infinite and the finite mortals, us, Basar Vedam. Every single definition that we've seen so far, basically um, the opposite of which, of, of, of each of those definitions, is, is, can be thought of as a def- definition of man. The lack of all four definitions so far is another way of defining man. Meaning man is someone who is temporal. That like Hashem is, is, is infinite, is ephemeral. Hashem is, is, um, is extemporal. Man is temporal. Man is bound by time. We start off not existing and we eventually don't exist. Man is not eternal. Man, doesn't, man, man needs a creator to, be, to exist. The second one. Hashem is perfect and can't be imperfect. There's nothing that Hashem cannot do. A definition of man is man, man is imperfect. Man is flawed. There's always something that I'm going to be lacking in. There's always something that I can do better. Always something that I'm not going to be able to do. Always. That's part of the definition of man. And it's interesting. Ish, enosh, anoshim. In Lashon how do you say man? Ish, plural, is anoshim. Inshi in Aramaic is inshi is man. Enosh. 
what is the word of what is the root of that word mean? What is the, what is the word ish anosh inshi anosh? And what does that word mean? When it, it, it's related to another word. What? Fire. Fire? No, because nun is part of it. Nun is part of the. Loinis nashi minach mesechas chulin loisis nashi minun. Inshi. It means to what? Means to forget. Means to something to dissipate, to disappear, to evaporate. Inshi means to forget. So the same word that means man, mortals, means to forget. Man is forgettable. Man is ephemeral. Man, 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 man temporal. Man evaporates. Man disappears. Man dissipates. Temporary. Temporary. Forgettable in the sense that he's here Yes. Ketzel Yeah. That's what man is. A fleeting dream. Man is but a fleeting dream. Boy, I had a weird dream last night. It was one of these dreams that you wake up, you're like, oh my, wow. It's a good thing that was a dream. Interpretation? Hey, yeah, only if you're going to give a good one, though. <laughs> you know, people, you tell them your dream, it's like, well, I think it, you might, it might, you know, maybe it means you're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, okay, but let's forget about dreams for now. But but um, number three and number four, Rabbi Sai. Uh, I'm sorry, all the definitions, so, so, so uh, every definition we see so far can, the, the, the opposite of which, the lack of that definition, is another way of defining mortal beings. As we see, you know, man is by definition imperfect. Man is by definition flawed. Man is by definition never quite going to be capable of, um, of, 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 of total, total perfection, both spiritually and physically, Right? There's always someone who's going to be able to run a half a second faster than you. Always someone who's going to be able to throw a football uh, one yard further. Right? There's always someone who's, you know, you establish a record, someone's going to break that record. Always. Or, or use more dope. Use more dope. Most, yeah, yeah sure, break that record too. Sure, break all the records. Um, but man, by definition, is just is flawed in the sense that, that um, man is fallible. Man breaks down. Man wears down over time. Even the fastest runner eventually, fastest runner eventually ends up where? In the, in the retirement home. The fastest runner eventually ends up six feet under. The fastest runner eventually, his muscles wear, begin to wear out on him. This is all imperfection of man. That's what it means to be immortal. And it's, it's, it's a very haftalic insight. Enosh, inshi, anoshim is exactly the same word as, as, as sisnashi. Nisnashi, which means to forget. Man is something that is temporary evaporates and dissipates. And number three, number four, again, the, the lack of, of that, that is another way of defining man. What is HaKadosh Baruch Hu we just saw this morning? Definition number three, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can't not exist. It's impossible for Hashem not to exist. The man is the very opposite. It is very possible for us not to exist. Extremely possible. We don't have to be here and anyone, Rachman al a person can decide to take his life away, can decide to end his life. It doesn't exist anymore. HaKadosh Baruch Hu can't do that. But Rav cannot will himself out of existence. It's impossible, impossible for the Rebbeinu to not exist. In fact, it's part of Hashem's definition. Hashem is an entity that can't not exist. And Hashem is independent in His existence. Self-sufficient, that's good. Self-contained and independent. Man, again, is the very opposite. Man, there's no... Part of the definition of man is dependency. We are dependent on, on a creator, dependent on parents, dependent on oxygen, dependent on water, dependent on food. 
We are so dependent. So dependent. Try going to Derech Hashem without having a coffee. We're, we're dependent on what? On, on, on how many ounces of caffeinated water? How many ounces? Two or three ounces. Twelve ounces. But the, the caffeine is how much of that? How much of the caffeine is there? No, it's a pillow. It, when we don't have that coffee, what happens to us in the morning? We know what happens to us. We know what happens. You go with, you go with that food for a, for one meal. Forget about a day. One meal, you go with that food. You can't think. You can't function. That's dependency. A definition of man is the man is dependent on his on on on, on, on outside forces. Yes. Say Hashem can exist, but if you say I'm out of it, you're on your own. For us, God forbid, it's the same as He doesn't exist. For us, yes, but not yeah. for Hashem. Yeah, I understand. Then, then, then for us, and that's, it, it, it's no difference. For us, would be God forbid, bad enough for His safety. Our existence would end. Yeah. Exactly, because we're dependent on Hashem. Yeah, right. But, but that's part of what the Ramchal is saying. Is that let, let, let's speak that out. Excellent point. Let's pursue that. Part of what the Ramchal is saying in this that Hashem is independent and self-sufficient doesn't need anything else for his existence. So Hashem doesn't need a universe either for his existence. Let's take that a step further because this is where we will wrap this up over here today. There's a basic, basic, basic question. And this is really what the Ramchal is alluding to. Hashem doesn't depend on anything for his existence. Not food, not oxygen, not water, not sleep. No, not an observer. Hashem doesn't depend on observers. And Hashem doesn't depend on a universe either. Hashem doesn't need a universe to exist. And let's take that one further step. Rabbi said, let me ask a basic question in Hashkafa slash philosophy slash theology. Does Hashem need to create a world? Did Hashem need to make the Bria? Did Hashem need to create us? Or could I, would, would Hashem have been just as much Hashem and just as, let's say, happy, just as content, not creating universe? Did Hashem need to create a universe? No, no Hashem does not. Hashem does not, did not. Hashem did not need to make any of this. Excellent. That's well said. That is the the bottom line in answering this question, which I didn't even ask yet. But uh, sometimes, again, when we approach Emunah on a non-sophisticated level, and Derech Hashem is all about giving us sophistication. So people say that, oh, Derech HaToyv Lehetiv. Hashem is a Metiv, Hashem is Toyv, Hashem wants to be Metiv. Hashem has this desire to want to give, a desire to be Metiv, to benefit others, so Hashem created the world. So the question is, okay, so if Hashem is a type and a type, something that's good, wants to benefit others, so does that mean that Hashem needs to create the universe? Does it mean that when Hashem's not creating the universe, there's something that matters? So people scratch their heads like, well, yeah, I guess so, I guess. I mean, Hashem was sad, Hashem was upset, Hashem was frustrated, Hashem was what? Bored. 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 Hashem was longing, Hashem really wanted to make the Bri. Oh, Hashem made the Bri because He loves me so much, He loves you so much, He loves all of us so much. That's why He made a world. That implies that when Hashem doesn't make a world, Hashem doesn't create a universe, there's, there's, there's a lack. There's, 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 a, there's a, a longing and a lacking and, and, and something missing by Hashem because he, he loves those that he can give to and he doesn't have anyone to give to yet. Oh, so I, let's make a universe quick so I have someone to give to because he loves the universe so much, right? So that gets us into trouble. That creates a logical impasse and that goes against the definition of Akash Baruch on several levels. First of all, it means that Hashem is flawed. 
Why does it mean Hashem is flawed? It means, why? Because we're saying, so long as Hashem doesn't have a universe to give to, Hashem is missing something. Hashem can't be missing anything. Hashem doesn't have to make a universe. Second of all, it means Hashem is dependent on something. If Hashem needs to make a Bria to be Hashem, Hashem needs to make a Bria. It has to be, to be a Derech HaToyv And for Hashem to be able to give, Hashem has to make a Bria to give to. That means that what Hashem is dependent on the need to create a Bria, on the need to give to a Bria, is dependent on the Bria itself. That's not true. Hashem is not dependent on anything, including the universe, including the notion of making universe. So Hashem does not need to make a Bria, and let's get this clore, let's say this in a sophisticated sense, which is what the Ramchal wants. Hashem is the same, Hashem, the Rebbein is the same Rebbein, whether or not he made a Bria. There's nothing lacking in HaKadosh Baruch Hu when he doesn't make a Bria. He's the same Hashem. He's not missing something, he's not, he doesn't feel bad, doesn't feel longing, doesn't feel lacking, doesn't feel that I have so much to give. And I, I, I have so much love to give over. Where, where, where's the Bria so I can give love to the Bria so I can give over to the Bria? Oh, let's make a Bria. Ah, Baruch Hashem. Now I can give. I can be mative. And I love the Bria so much. That's not true. This is not true. This is not what the Rebbein Yisholeilam is. Because if it was true, Hashem would be lacking. Hashem would be flawed. And Hashem would be dependent on the Bria. Maybe he just wants to hear our prayers. That's why we're... And is he missing something when he doesn't hear our prayers? No, but he... No, is he upset? Is he longing for our prayers? He likes it. He likes it. So what happens when he can't hear it? Is he missing something? Well, what happened with the carbonus? The carbonus. The carbonus. The prayers are yeah, making. Yeah. yeah. What when I, when we don't bring carbonus, is he missing something? Yeah, but he told us. He told us to bring the Karmans. For, for Does Hashem love the Bria? I know that's what we're told. Hashem like to give. That's what we're told. So is that, that means Hashem is missing something when he doesn't make a Bria? No, it can't be, because that goes against definitions yes, 2, 3, and 4. So why did Hashem decide to make a Bria? I mean, this is a little premature. We're, we can't, we're, we're, this is coming up in the next in the next section. Why did Hashem decide to make a universe if he doesn't have to make a universe? To be a mative? To be a mative? Well, why does he want to be a mative? What's the matter? And what's the matter if he's not a mative? Does anything matter if he's not a mative? We don't exist yet. What Rachmanas? So don't make us, and you don't have to have Rachmanas on us. Go do something else. What's that coach going to do? It doesn't make a real. I don't know. I don't know. Go to the beach. Go to bake cookies. I don't know. There's a lot of things to do. So Hashem doesn't need to make a bria. Why do you make a bria? Because he likes our prayers. Don't make us. Don't have prayers. Does he need our prayers? No. no. Do you need the Korbanos? No. So why does Hashem decide to make yeah, a bria? Again, this is a premature question. I'll let everyone but, think about this. But, well, think about this right now. But, but anyway, we have definitions now. One, two, three, and four. We have definitions one through four, and we see Hashem is, doesn't need anything, doesn't need a bria, doesn't need to make a bria. He yeah, doesn't need. Why our he was, the if he doesn't need it? question. Why do you say the daven if he doesn't need it? Right? Why, why? do you say sit in the sukkah? No, he didn't say. Why do you tell us to sit in the sukkah if he doesn't he need said, it? I know about the carbonos, and he said specifically what you have to bring. And the... so the obviously the immediate answer to that is obviously the carbonos are for us, not for Hashem, right? Yeah, but he told us to bring. It. He told us to bring it because because he wants us to get to Elam Habo. He wants us to. Enjoy Nitzchias. He wants us to enjoy eternity. It's for us, not for Hashem. But why, why does he need to do that? Why does he need to make me so that I enjoy eternity? What happens when he doesn't make me? What happens when he doesn't make you? What happens when he doesn't make a Bria? And he has no one to give eternity to. Is he lacking something? He's missing something? It can't be. It can't be. Because then he's, he's missing. He can be flawed. And he's dependent. Dependent on the need to make a Bria. But that's impossible. So why do you decide to make a Bria? Okay, we're going to leave that question on the side. Okay? Think about that. But the time being, we have four. Now we are up to four definitions out of six. And we see each and every one um, of these definitions. The lack of that is another way of defining mortal beings, human beings, basar vidam, is the 
lack in the opposite of all definitions. And the one that's going to be missing from the list, well, I'll just give everyone a heads up now. We're going to get to the end of the list. Maybe Mr. Shem tomorrow will be see number five and number six and wrap up the first, um, uh, wrap up the first parak. The one definition that's missing from the list is that Hashem cannot be physical, can't be corporeal. Now you would think that's a pretty big, that's a, that's, that's a big one. If you're trying to define Hashem, give us the basics of Amuna, uh, right? Of what Hashem is. And we want to give Yidin. Yidin, the definitions of Hashem. And we know Goyim have other ideas of what Hashem is, what Hashem can be. The Rambam is very, very, very emphatic about this. Ein loy, goof, ein loy gof, can't be physical, can't have a body, can't have any physical form. That's not on this list. Well, that's not on the list, but so we'll see that that perhaps it really is on the list, even though it's not mentioned explicitly as its own entry. Good, but that's a lot to digest for today, a lot to let percolate. We'll let this percolate, Rabbi. We'll continue tomorrow with definition number five, what the Rebbein is, and have a wonderful day.